All right, episode four of the No Limits podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. I do apologize in advance with this episode if I do sound a little bit congested. One of the uh, downsides of being in Bangkok is no matter where you go, there is a million cars and scooters around and eventually the pollution does take a little bit of a toll. Um, so I thought I'd just air that out beforehand, but do my best to keep the the talking super clear and concise. And in regards to today's podcast, so I put up a poll on my story in regards to three topics that were frequently asked about. And today's topic is going to be covering meal timing. So I'm going to be going into some potential benefits of focusing on meal timing, what not to focus on with meal timing, and some of my experiences that I've had around obsessing and then not obsessing about meal timing. At the end of the podcast, I'm also just going to give a brief overview and summary in regards to my suggestions that I find work best for most individuals in regards to meal timing. So starting off this podcast, going into my past experience with meal timing. Um, so in like in part, previous podcast mentioning, a lot of my education came from bodybuilding magazines back in the day, which wasn't a great source of, of information, not very research backed and uh, did often result in obsessing over the small stuff without really keeping in mind the uh, fundamentals and things that actually matter most. So there was a common recommendation, and I'm not sure if it still goes around these days that you have to eat every two hours to fire up your metabolism. And if you don't every eat every two hours, you're going to lose all your muscle and you're going to lose, you know, you're not going to lose the body fat that you're aiming to lose if that's the current goal. So I took this so, so seriously. There would literally be points where I would be caught without a meal and it would be about two hours since my last meal and I would be stressed. I'd be freaking out. I need to get my protein in. I need to get a meal in. And um, this went on for quite a while when I first started training um, to the point basically. So I used to work. My first ever job was at my um, dad's supermarket at the time and I was working in the the refrigerator section. I, and this is going to make me sound like a bit of a weirdo, but like I mentioned in a lot of uh, podcasts, I put salt in my coffee. You know I'm a weirdo. So I would basically get to the point where I would go to the fridge, I would grab cottage cheese, low-fat cottage cheese of all things, um, just because it's a pure, not pure, but like a, a lean protein source in a way. And I would literally go into the toilet and eat two tubs of that lean protein source of the cottage cheese, uh, basically every two hours. And then I would have my break and I would eat a whole chicken. <laughs> I was literally a whole chicken. I don't know how the hell I did that. Just dry, um, no skin. And um, this is the, the lengths that I used to take things with my meal timing approach. And um, little things like around training, like I remember, I would finish my final set, just how I was doing my final set of bicep curls. As soon as I put that dumbbell down, that post-workout shake was going straight in. There was no break because if I didn't get my 
by um, you know fast digesting carb, uh, protein in straight after training. It was like the whole session was just a complete waste of time. Um, and I had the amino acids, so basically hardly any any money, and I would just spend all my money on supplements. I remember even basically my fifteenth or sixteenth birthday, my parents asked me like, "What would you want for your birthday?" And you know, most kids that age would want like a skateboard or I don't know, a PlayStation. And I remember I went to a supplement store and basically just bought all these supplements that I thought would help with the meal timing and getting things in a lot, a lot easier across the day. Um, and then over the time I've seen differing things in regards to meal timing approaches with people that I've been surrounded with from one extreme to the other. So when I used to work at a supplement store, there was the owner there, he was a great guy. Um, and he basically would have an alarm every two hours that would go off and every two hours he'd go eat. And this was something that regardless of what was being done, once that alarm went off, he'd go eat. And one thing that I, I also experienced was a previous coach of mine, Adam, absolute legend. Um, and he, I remember I walked into the gym and he just had this big Tupperware container, basically a Tupperware container that you would have like your whole week's meal prep in. And he would basically just chip away at it throughout the day. And I remember asking him like, what, like, don't you like separate them in containers or anything like that? And his idea was, well, what matters most at the end of the day? is your total protein and calories and your macros if you're tracking to, to macro targets. So basically what he would do, he would just have his breakfast meal, his pre-bed meal, and then he would just bring this monster container. It was basically like just chicken, rice, a whole bunch of veggies in there. And he just chip away at it across the day. So this is like two extremes of either end of the spectrum of meal timing. One, super emphasis on the meal timing every two hours. And the other, just get the meals in when you can. What matters most is the total amount of protein and calories consumed across the day. And this was a, a cool insight because I was still believe a believer that it was super, super important at that time and helped me see things through a different lens. And it did really reflect in regards to the research side of things too. But of course, with meal timing and, you know, going on either ex extreme of the spectrum, like anything in life, there's downsides and there's positives to both. Now, one thing that I find is super, super common, especially in a fat loss phase, if your goal is fat loss, um, in regards to meal timing, is not that eating every two hours is going to speed up your metabolism and you're going to achieve more fat loss. But you might have experienced this where you are at work, you've gone, say, five, six hours without a meal. It's been ages, right? And you're driving home from work and you can't focus. You're just like far out. I just want to eat. I'm so hungry. And then you get home, you eat the meal, and then you're not satisfied at all. Why is that? So if you're not aware we basically have these hunger and satiety hormones. So ghrelin, which is our hunger hormone, which pushes us towards wanting food and to eat. And then 
leptin, which is our satiety hormone, which basically sends a signal to the brain and says, sweet, we're full, you know, stop eating. Um, my leptin sort of doesn't exist. I'd never really experienced that, <laughs> no matter how voluminous my meals are. Um, so in regards to the duration of time we go without meals, oftentimes the higher our ghrelin increases and the lower our leptin is. So this is why if we go really, really long without a meal, it can become the point where you would get home, you would eat a meal that you think was super filling, you're not satisfied, you're still super hungry, and then you end up eating the house, which of course, eating the house in a fat loss phase is not going to be advantageous to our goals. So when I was working in person, I found this was super common working in person at a gym, by the way. <laughs> um, I found this was super common um, with individuals that would come in, like say moms would come in and they would say, yeah, like I don't really eat anything throughout the day. I just have a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And then it's just when I get home, I just can't stop eating. And I remember I would just suggest, why don't you just have a meal to break up in between those and see how you go across the week ahead. Oftentimes, it'll be telling them to eat more food too. So there was a little bit of resistance there. But I would mention, let's just give it a go one week. Oftentimes, they'd come back and they would say, wow, like, I don't feel as hungry when I'm having that dinner meal. I'm not eating the house as much anymore. I've got way more energy across the day. I can focus more. Because this is another thing, like if we go extended durations of time without eating, I definitely find that my focus is is not there. Um, my energy is not there. I feel way more sleepy and then I'll become way more food focused as well. Also, I, I think about in regards to meal timing is the importance around training, right? Like I always sort of think the the analogies I've, I've heard a lot is in regards to the treating your body like it's a Ferrari, right? So if you're going to the racetrack, would you go to the racetrack with a quarter tank of fuel or would you go with a full tank of fuel? And around meal timing, I find that's a very useful thing to consider if we want to be performing at our best whilst we're in the gym. So later in this podcast, I'll delve into some training recommendations that I have and surrounding meal timing around the training window and how it can potentially help you get a lot more from your sessions and recover a lot quicker as well. So circling back to when I was obsessive about meal timing and eating every two hours, got to get a protein source every two hours. I'm going to lose all my muscle. I'm not going to achieve the fat loss goals that I'm after. When I reflect, I was not I had no idea whatsoever the total amount of protein I was consuming across the day, the total amount of calories I was consuming across the day, what my activity was, like what my steps were. And I wasn't focusing on the fundamentals at all. So regardless if my goal was to lose body fat or build muscle, I was just focusing on the, the minutia, the small stuff and overlooking the big stuff that, actually matters most. So in regards to this, I always consider like, if we're going to build a house, I was building a house from the roof down. I was focusing on the tiny little things that might have a benefit and not the actual foundation. So like most things, always building from the ground up, 
focusing on the fundamentals first and then building from there. And I always like to think, what's the most important thing? The most important thing is adherence and consistency to the fundamentals. So the things that are actually going to move us closer and move you closer to where you actually want to go. So over time, learning about meal timing, practicing and discovering what I find works best for most, that's um, always going to come down to fundamentals, adherence and what you can structure into your lifestyle as well. So one thing I have changed my mind on massively in regards to meal timing and not even that long ago, actually quite recently, is in regards to fasting. Now, this is one of those topics that gets a lot of traction and there's a lot of like teams on either side. I'm not a fasting guy. I'm not a anti-fasting guy, but just some like context in regards to my experience with fasting. So, and I'll probably do an entire podcast on this potentially if it's something that you're interested in. So basically we've got this uh, muscle protein synthesis, which occurs throughout the day. So muscle protein synthesis is basically the whole reason that we want to eat protein uh, consistently and have a protein target each day. With this also comes muscle protein breakdown. So these two processes are happening consistently throughout the day all the time. And then whatever wins at the end of the day is going to result in you're recovering better or you're building muscle across the day. I took this to the point where I needed to make sure I was basically had an IV droop in my arm of protein all day or else I was not going to make any gains or I was going to lose all my muscle. Now, I used to utilize casein protein. So that was one of the things that I got on that 15-year-old birthday. Uh, Casein protein is basically a very slow digesting protein. So the three main ones are whey protein isolate, which typically digests, you know, anywhere from 30 to 60 minutes, you know, if it's just by itself. Then there's whey protein concentrate, which can digest, you know, anywhere from one to three hours. And then there's casein protein, which digests over, I think it's a five, over five hour period. I could be wrong there. So I used to have this casein protein and I would make it up before I'd go to bed. And anytime I'd wake up in the middle of the night, I would take a swig of this casein protein because when we're fasting or when we're eating, um, sorry, when we're sleeping, we're not getting in any protein. So my idea there, and I probably got it from a bodybuilding magazine, is that if I drip feed that in, I'm not going to go catabolic, which is muscle breakdown, and I'm not going to lose all my gains. So that was the extreme I went to. And then as soon as I woke up, it's like my eyes weren't even open yet. And it was like way isolate shakes straight down. So that's a fast digesting protein. And I would think that fasting was just an absolute terrible idea if you wanted to maintain or build muscle. Now, there is, of course, if we want to maximize everything, benefits to, you know, removing the amount of time we go without achieving muscle protein synthesis, which is, um, so muscle protein synthesis, the research does show that 
if we get in roughly about 25 grams of protein, that tops it up. So then you get that maximal stimulus, muscle protein breakdown isn't a concern with that meal. And that's why I typically recommend with most meals uh, getting in at least that much. But I'll break down later in the podcast recommendations with protein and, and structuring that out, out across the day. But some benefits that I find from a fasting perspective and the reason that I started to fast a bit more, and when I say I fast, I don't push my meals back until you know 12 o'clock and I don't have a set window where I'm a 16-8 faster. It's more so I just push back my first meal a little bit more. So just say I wake up at 5.30, I might not have my first meal until at 8.30 or 9. And the benefits I find from this, and you might have experienced this yourself, is just say you're on a fat loss diet. Your calories are super low because, as always, it comes down to being in a calorie deficit. Eventually, they have to keep getting lower and lower. And then you're at the point where you're on very minimal food, well, not very satiating amounts. And then you wake up super early, you have your first meal, and then by the time you get to the end of the day, you're starving. You've had to space out your meals heaps across the day. So then your ghrelin's increasing, your leptin's decreasing, um, you're not feeling satisfied, and then it makes it more challenging to achieve the fat loss targets that you're going for. So basically the benefits I find, uh, if you push back your first meal a little bit more, you can feel like you're eating more food as you do get through the day. Also, I find... For me personally, and I feel like most people, we like to eat a lot more later in the day. Typically at night, once we've had a good day of work, you know, we're relaxed, we're at home, we can have a bigger meal. So I like to allocate my large, larger amount of calories to the, the final meal of the day, typically. And this is something that I find can help a lot in regards to sticking to fat loss targets. So... The drawbacks of fasting are going to come down to muscle protein synthesis. So if we fast way too long, it can impact that to a degree, reducing the amount of opportunities you have to build or go into that you know, uh, signal towards muscle growth. Also, if you're training. Now, training fasted, if you enjoy it and you find it it's, works well for you, absolutely fine. Continue doing it. Like there's no right or wrong i just think about that analogy before with the taking the ferrari to the racetrack when are we likely going to perform at our best typically it's going to be when we have fuel in the system and from a work perspective i definitely find fasting helps i know after you might experience this as well you know after you have a big meal you know big bowl of protein oats dark chalk berries I've got that coming up after this, so I'm thinking about it. You can feel like a bit sleepy and it's hard to focus because all the, the blood that would go to your brain has basically gone to your digestive system to break down that food. But in regards to the training window and training suggestions, one thing that I heard on a podcast, I forgot which podcast it was, but it was a really, really good topic around, um, you know, what's the best pre-workout meal? And on that podcast, he mentioned the best pre-workout meal is your post-workout meal. And this, I'm not sure if this was the goal of the podcast host, but what I took away from it was it's not about what you do 
directly around your training window. It's more about what you do across the entire day. So again, focusing on the things that actually matter most and focusing on the fundamentals, like what are you doing the other 23 hours outside of the gym? I know in past, I spent a very long time just focusing solely on what I was doing, smashing all the pre-workout around the training window, training, and then my lifestyle outside of the gym was not moving me closer towards my goals. I wasn't sleeping good. I was stressed out a lot. Um, and I wasn't focusing on the things that matter most from the goals that I was going after. So in regards to the training window and pre and post workout nutrition, some things that I find are useful to focus on is thinking about what the goal is. So we want to perform at our best. We want to recover as soon as possible. So it's a good idea to get a protein source, a carbohydrate source to digest well for you, either side of the pre and post-workout window. Now, with the pre-workout, you could potentially add some a small amount of fat, a fat source with that meal. Reason being is that fat's slow digestion. So you might find this if you, you know, have a big lamb meal or something like that, which is very, very high in fat. Uh, it can sit in your digestive system for quite a while. The reason you want to have a, a little bit of fats in the pre-workout is so you don't get that crash that you might get when I made the mistake where I used to think, okay, so carbohydrates are our main fuel source for resistance training. And I want to have a protein source as well. So I'd basically just have a protein shake with water and I would pour it over what cereal was I running with then? I think it was either Cocoa Bombs or Exo Crunch, one of the two. And then it'll get to halfway through my session and I would be gone. I'd be dizzy. I'd be having that insulin crash. And you might experience this as well if you have just cereal or a, a low protein, just straight carbohydrate source before training. So some fats usually are going to help there. And I'll go into my recommendations with total amounts based on your daily protein and calories uh, in a little bit. Another thing in regards to meal timing that I used to stress about was timing before bed. And my God, did I get sucked into the carbs before bed are going to make me fat because, uh, you know, you're not exercising when you're sleeping. You're just lying there. And if I'm going to eat carbohydrates before bed, it's just going to go straight to body fat. And this is something that I still get asked about every now and again. And I still get surprised if I get asked about it, but it's like at, the calories don't change regardless of the timing of the day, the calories don't change. So there's no need to stress about what the total calories, uh, the total carbohydrates are in your pre-bed meal. And actually pre-bed carbohydrates can help with sleep, which is something that is super useful because I do love to have a big bowl of cream of rice before bed. So basically the way it works is carbohydrates, you know that how I mentioned before about how we feel a bit sleepy, it can help also increase serotonin, which is a, a hormone which can help us feel a lot more relaxed. There's also been some research that has shown fruit, so some fructose pre-bed can help with sleep quality too. 
So it goes against a lot of the things that I used to think. No carbs, don't eat fruit, fructose is bad. Um, but all these things can help a lot with sleep quality, which is likely going to be my next podcast. So if you're very keen to hear in regards to sleep routines, things like that, feel free to let me know. But one thing I do suck at with this and I'm constantly working on it and it's something I really need to work on <laughs> is not eating too much close to bed. I actually experienced this when was it? Wednesday I had a check-in with my coach. I'm currently in a gaining phase and had one of those check-ins that if you've got a coach, you can relate. Um, he, he lives in the UK, so I get his response at about 5 p.m., 6 p.m. my time. So I was just going about my day as normal, watched my check-in update on Wednesday, and he increased my calories by, I think it was pushed up the carbohydrates by 50 grams and the fats by 10 grams. So carbohydrates, 50 times four, what's that? 50, that's 200 calories. And then fats, nine times 10. So 290 calorie increase. My pre-bed meal was already a huge meal. I love to have a big bowl of cream or rice, like mentioned before. So with this excitement, I didn't want to wait till the next day. So I was like, sweet, I'll just have an even bigger bowl of cream of rice. So I ate this basically, and it was right before I went to bed and I had the worst sleep ever. And the reason our sleep is disrupted when we do have a big meal pre-bed is because the body's trying to break down that food and digest that food. And it's hard for the body to rest and get into a, a, a deep sleep if it's still got a big bolus of food in the digestive system. And like mentioned, I suck at this. It's something that I, I really, really need to work on. And um, it definitely does help when we have a meal not so close to bed. So some takeaways in regards to meal timing and some suggestions that I think are very useful in regards to managing progress, but not sweating the small stuff, focusing on the fundamentals. For most individuals, I find Four to five meals per day works best. Now, if you're lucky enough to have a heap of food to work with and you prefer to have you know, six meals a day, cool. But it's not like the bodybuilding magazines used to say where it's got to be six meals a day every two hours. Um, I find eating a meal every three to four hours, and this meal could even just be a protein shake with some fruit, um, does help offset that ghrelin increasing and the leptin decreasing so you don't feel like you just want to eat the house or you know just go into what i like to call fuck it mode um fuck it mode is basically when you get super super hungry um you eat something and it might be something that's quote unquote bad but there's no good or bad foods um and then you just go fuck it well i've already eaten something that's quote unquote bad i'm just gonna eat everything else now because I might as well. And I always like to think about this is if you've got a flat tire on the freeway and then you pull over, it's an inconvenience potentially. And then stabbing a hole in the other three because fuck it, why not? I've got a flat in one. So that's my thoughts around that. Um, so meals every three to four hours typically works best. If it suits, you know, if, you're at work, you're a tradie or something like that, potentially bringing an esky up on the roof. And if you're working in an office, potentially just having something easy ready to go in the fridge uh, at work. 
And just say, for example, in regards to protein, to get the most from muscle protein synthesis, so you know, you're recovering well, you're building muscle, that's your goal, you're maintaining muscle, that's your goal. And also the huge amount of benefits that come with protein um, being the most satiating macronutrient we have. So macros, protein, fats, carbs, it's the most filling based on the research and also thermic effective protein. So thermic effective protein or thermic effective food is basically the amount of calories we have to burn through the process of digesting these foods. And protein is the highest. And research has shown that basically by increasing your protein intake and even with calories being increased for some individuals has actually resulted in more body fat being lost in a fat loss phase and whilst maintaining and potentially even building muscle. So just say your protein intake is 200 grams of protein per day if you're you're a male. Um, if you're female in there much, cool, good on you. That's absolutely fine. There's no problem with eating a high protein diet unless you've got like a, you know, uh, a kidney issue. But for anyone who says like eating a whole bunch of proteins going to result in health deteriorating, it's it's not true. I've eaten 500 grams of protein per day with a previous coach. I can get into that. I might even do an episode on protein. So 200 grams of protein per day. I'll just divide that evenly by four to five meals across the day. So if you're having four meals across the day with 200 grams of protein you're aiming for, then you go for an even spread of roughly 50 grams of protein per meal. And then if you're having, say, five meals across the day, then just shoot for around 40 grams per meal. So it's a nice even spread of protein across the day. You know, you're maximizing your muscle protein synthesis and you're not having meals that are going to make you feel not super satiated. And then you're also getting the benefit from the thermic effect of protein digestion with each of those meals. Um, If you're a female and then you're utilizing or you just say you're aiming for 120 grams of protein per day, then you could say, um, if you're having four meals, you could go, this is going to test my maths here, 40 grams if you're having four meals and then 30 grams if you're having five meals. Yep, I think that's right. Cool. And then around the training window. So typically I find around the training window, it's a very good idea to put the vast majority of your carbohydrates in your pre and post-workout meals. So you could say in those two meals, having about 50 to 60, but you can even push it up to 80% of your total daily carbohydrate target towards those meals. There is also use potentially if you're in a muscle building phase and just say you're super, super, um, your appetite, you don't have an appetite like me. My appetite's a black hole. You might be able to relate, but if you can't, and you're one of those weirdos that really can't get food in, you could potentially utilize an intra-workout carbohydrate source, which is going to help with keeping an even flow of carbohydrates whilst you're training. It's going to help with your performance and also easy way to get some extra calories in, especially if you're drinking it. I used to actually eat um, those. Oh, they're the best. At a chemist warehouse, you know, those glucogel, like the the jellies that you, you would get if you were like, when, I don't even know where my mom would get them for me. Sometimes if you were sick, but I used to just get them anyways. Um, The best one's the pink one. You can't tell me it's not. And anyone that drinks it, eats the the black glucogel lollies, that's very concerning. 
And so pre-workout meal, post-workout meal, I find typically having that 60 to 90 minutes either side of the training window is a good idea. Now, it's not you got to get your protein shake in straight after training. The research has shown it's not a post-workout window where you got to get the protein, fast digesting protein in straight away. It's more of a barn door. But if you are training fasted, I would say it's probably a good idea to bring that post-workout closer towards within 30 minutes just to maximize muscle protein synthesis. So 60 to 90 minutes pre-workout and post-workout meal, either side of the training window, the vast majority of your protein, um, your carbohydrates around those pre and post meals. And then in regards to fats, I typically find protein and higher fats in the morning works best. Fats slowing digestion, it can help get through the day a bit more. And from a focus standpoint, I find protein fats in meal one does help a lot with focus, but that's again, going to the minutiae, little things that don't necessarily matter most. If you prefer evenly spreading your, your macros across every meal, that's absolutely fine as well. And then in regards to sleep, try not to be like me. Try not to eat a huge mountain of food right before going to bed because it's likely going to disrupt your sleep quality. It'll kind of be like, you know, if you go out and you have like a couple of drinks and then you, you go to bed and you feel like you had a great sleep, but you wake up and you just feel like you hardly slept at all. This is the impact that alcohol can have on sleep and having a whole bunch of food pre-bed can do that too, where it can impact your ability to get that deep REM sleep uh, quality that you're after. So you can be knocked out, but you're not actually getting the restorative sleep that you're going for. And don't fear carbohydrates before bed. The total protein and calories across a day depending on what your goal is, is what matters most. Of course, making up with the majority of high quality, nutritious foods. And then if you want to sneak in some fun foods as well, that's absolutely fine. But you don't need a few carbohydrates before bed. If anything, it's probably going to help you sleep a lot more anyways. So when we look at the sleep research, that's going to result in more muscle being built, less body fat, more energy, more focus. But I'll go into more of that in the in a future podcast where I delve more into sleep. So once again, I thank you very much for tuning in today. A bit more of a fitnessy one today and not so much delving into my life and my journey, but hopefully some context here that's helped provide some more insights in regards to meal timing, some things that I think you should be focusing on that are going to help you towards your current fat loss or muscle building goals. And of course, having some more energy across the day and not sweating the small stuff. So if this has been useful, please let me know. And I'm very excited to keep this podcast going. We're now four podcasts in. It took me about three years to start them. We're on a roll now, so keen to keep this going. And uh, thank you very much for tuning in, and I hope you've had a great weekend. Thank you.